The last of the Aztec treasure has been returned. And now, the blood will be repaid to free us from this curse forever. This time for sure. Ahoy! Treasure, mateys! Not possible. Well, probably. We're alive and we're pirates. Captain Jack Sparrow. Sora. Dragon Jack. Goofy, too. So you want to play pirate? Best save the play acting for the nursery. After them! tweeting well we're podcasting now okay i'll stop tweeting after this one we best start believing in tweets (laughs) (laughs) i forgot that was in this movie i thought it was in the next movie i don't understand why that is the case. No, but, I don't understand because it doesn't make any sense where I thought it was. You thought that when Barbosa comes back to life, he says, you'd best start believing <laughs> in ghost stories. You're in one. Uh, but no, instead he has the classic one-liner. Now tell me, what's become of my ship? Um, That's him eating an apple. We have not introduced this podcast in any We watched life. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Because we were talking about it a couple nights ago as, like, a movie that was important, a franchise that was important mm-hmm. to our sort of development, I suppose. Um, my first experience watching a big, like, blockbuster movie that ended on a cliffhanger. Uh, not this one, the second one. Uh, and I was just really invested in the whole Pirates universe at the time. I was too. I, um, this movie comes out in 2003. This is a year after, um, the first Spider-Man movie. I think a year after the first X-Men movie. The year of the last Lord of the Rings? Year of the last Lord of the Rings. Um, I was seven. No, six. And I thought that this is what movies were. And in some ways, so much of my grousing about the ways that the movies have been for the last ten years is sort of rooted in, like, <clears throat> I thought movies were supposed to be one thing. Movies were a thing when I grew up, and they're a different thing now. Um, they have color and sound. That's not true. (laughs) Oh, it is true that they have those things. (laughs) That's impossible. (laughs) Um, Search your letterbox. You know it to be true. I thought that 
the movies were like big two to two and a half hour adventure films with um like that were in trilogies i guess i always thought movies yeah, were, i thought movies like, were supposed to be trilogies growing up i i can understand getting hit with like lord of the rings and star wars and pirates and a couple all within like 4 years and a couple of things that ended up being trilogies even though like things that were trilogies <clears throat> in weird ways like i think of I still think of those first three X Men movies as a trilogy, yeah. and everything else because that that's the ca- as, that is the case. Like, yeah, and like Spider Man kind of stumbling into yeah. being a trilogy because the third movie flopped, and yeah, like, like, I thought that I thought Pirates of the Caribbean was just what movies were and would be forever. It was a great time. That was a great decade for trilogies. Honestly, if you like. Watching three movies with usually the same cast. Yeah. Um, and it's it's weird. Van Helsing is this. Van Helsing is like our favorite movie. You know, it's way up there. It's way it's... up there. And Van Helsing is literally <clears throat> just trying to be one of these and didn't take off in the way they needed it to, so it wasn't. Can you imagine if Hugh Jackman was like? As known for being Van, Van Helsing, Helsing as, as he was, was for... Yeah. <sighs> Better world. Better world. Like, Dark Universe survives in that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Or Dark Universe starts early. So we should... In- feel like we should introduce what we're doing a little bit more than we have. Um, we watched a movie. We're going to talk about it into a microphone. And we're drinking some rum. We watched... Specifically, I want to say that we watched Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, and we will probably end up talking about Dead Man's Chest and At World's End. Um, Did you have to check the page to know what those were called? No, I knew what those were called. A couple days ago, I had to to check, but uh, I remember it now. I still have to check for Dead Men Tell No Tales. But yeah, like, this is... The other thing is that, like, in some ways, like, this is what movies were for a long time before the 2000s, and the 2000s clarified it, because, like, this is just Disney saying, how do we make an Indiana Jones movie, you know? Like, it's just an Indiana Jones movie on some level. It's I, just, it's <clears throat> also just a Star Wars. It's kind of both of those movies, you know? I need to, I need to read something from this page. Wikipedia separates things by headers. Yeah, okay. I also noticed this. <laughs> so we got one, plot, two, cast, three, production, 3.1, development, 3.11, influence of the Monkey Island series of games. Can you please click that for I'd me? love to click that. Ted Elliott was allegedly writing a George Lucas-produced animated film adaptation of The Curse of Monkey Island, which was canceled before its official announcement three years prior to the release of The Curse of Black curse of the black pearl the film was allegedly in production at ilm before being canceled ron gilbert creator of the monkey island series has jokingly expressed a bitterness towards pirates of the caribbean specifically the second film for its similarities to his game gilbert was also has also stated that on stranger tides uh 
a novel by Tim Powers, which was adapted into the fourth film, was the principal inspiration of his video games. I did not know that On Stranger Tides was a <clears throat> was a novel. Oh, look at this guy. This is weird. Look at this guy. They I've took never... this and adapted this into a... They adapted this into a video game and into a different movie that was part of a series already. But the idea of pirate fiction that is literature just feels weird to me because pirates are for movies. Uh, what's some other pirate shit that you like besides this? Because I never... I was obsessed Black with these Flag. movies. Never played it. I liked it. I played it through once and never touched it again. But, you know. I never played it. Um, I was obsessed with these movies as a kid. Loved them to death. Yeah. I never got into anything else pirate related except for these movies. I got into Sid Meier's Pirates, specifically the sort of 3D remake that they did of it. Um, and I read, I read Treasure Island, which is a book that has made no impression on me. I am aware of the fact that I, in, I read Treasure Island, and I am aware of the fact that I really enjoyed Treasure Island. What Ask if, me anything about what happens in it, and I couldn't tell what you. What if Island was Planet? There's spiders in that movie. I can't do it. There's that one guy. Anyway. Can't do it. Um, I would love to. It seems like the most export movie ever made, but I can't. I, I... So... Whatever. At one the, at some point, I'm going to brave spiders for ornate stairwells. Lord of the so. Rings. Oh, yeah. I'll also brave spiders for Lord of the Rings. So, More so if we do the Hobbit movies, but, like, there's there's a spider in... I was working... Return of the King? Did they cut that? Did they move... They moved, they moved her to Return of the King. That's so they, weird. They moved her from... Um, the End of Two Towers. The End of Two Towers to... The other one. That's really weird because that movie's so packed already. <laughs> was working at a movie theater mm. when um, the second Hobbit movie was coming out, mm-hmm. uh, and so I worked the release of it, and I worked a couple months prior to the release of it, mm-hmm. which means that I was it was just spiders everywhere because spiders were the big central set piece of. Um, that chapter of the Hobbit that chap- they turn into an hour long section of the movie. Yeah. So, <clears throat> how do you feel about Curse of the Black Pearl now revisiting it? Um, well, I was gonna say I never. Lo- you, you go. I never got into pirate stuff, aside from Treasure Planet, which mm-hmm. is not the same. Mm-hmm. But like, the thing is, in like Pirates of the Caribbean didn't end up changing this. I always had this impression that pirate media was goofy Mm -hmm. or for kids Mm -hmm. because there was this impression that it was this, like, campy adventure romp thing to me, which is based on, like, the understanding that, like, those old... Like, movies about pirates. I couldn't name them. But you know what I mean. I have mm. an image in my head of yeah. Errol Flynn doing sword fights and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, the idea that those are, like, a, a form of camp. And that was not what I wanted. I wanted very... Not grim. Like, Pirates of the Caribbean isn't grim. But, like, self-serious. At, at world, yeah. 
And Curse of the Black Pearl is very not self-serious, I think. But it looks serious. Yes, it That's has the, the, it, it has a sort cartoony. of it has a sort of a, a serious aesthetic, I guess. Um, and then I think that the following two movies become that in a big way. Kinda, but like, um, they they always keep this aesthetic of like semi-realistic. Like everyone has dirt on their face. Yes, I just I just mean that I think that the second two movies are a bit more serious than this one. Oh, I thought you meant the other one. Yeah, the other I, thing. Yeah, this movie is just. I think this movie is just like one of the great blockbusters. Certainly one of the great blockbusters of the two thousands. How like, many times did somebody get hit on the head in this movie? A lot. Like twelve. I, I think this movie is sort of like inarguable and like just like good like this movie i this movie it's kind of weird to even talk about this movie this movie is the sun to me this movie is air this is what blockbuster movies were i had this on dvd it was one of the first dvds i had i watched it a zillion million times Hadn't seen it in at least 10 years, probably longer. Still remembered most of the stuff that happens. It it, it, it just is, and I still think it holds up. I, like, I mean, I was dropping lines before they happened in the movie because somehow I just started remembering yeah. the script. Because there's so many, like, little moments that weren't, that aren't, like, you know, um... You best start believing in ghost stories. And they're not like, I've got a jar of dirt. Like, they didn't catch mm-hmm. on. But still, it's like, I remember when he says, hello, pulpit. I remember that. When you did the line, but I remembered it uh, as you were doing it. Um, I feel cold. Um, I remembered um, bootstrap Bill's blood. My blood. Like I like, it's just dumb shit. It's just dumb shit. He is a blacksmith. No, he's a pirate. And, and in all fairness, probably some of that is from Kingdom Hearts Two. Probably some shit gets lodged <laughs> in my brain because of Kingdom Hearts Two. Isn't Davy Jones in Kingdom Hearts Two? No, because uh, I'm reasonably certain that mm, Kingdom Hearts mm-mm. Two only does Black Pearl. Because uh, Dead Man's Chest is 06. Yeah, so that wouldn't make sense. That wouldn't make sense. That was that's a hell of a gap between those two movies. Yeah, but and then World's End is 07. Yeah, well because they were shooting them back to back. But yeah, now that I think about it, they do just do the climax of Black Pearl and Kingdom Hearts 2. Mhm. Uh, just imagine oh. this movie but with text boxes. <laughs> God. Um Goofy's there. Sora, Donald, Goofy. Goofy. Yeah. Um <clears throat> So, 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 yeah, it's weird to talk about this movie because it, it just is. And I think it really holds up. I think, um, <sighs> it's, it's so bizarre for a lot of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just jump to the obvious thing. Johnny Depp. Yes, we should talk this, about this. This, this, the sales of this franchise are filled with the breath of Johnny Depp. Yes. It's, okay, it's weird, and I have suspected this for a couple of years now, but um, it, it was nice to watch it and have my suspicions confirmed. 
Um, I think that because he is the scum of the earth, because he is a terrible person yeah. who does who should not be cast in movies anymore. Um, he is an actual real life piece of shit. Uh, he he should not be working in film. Um, and I think because of that, and I think because of how long how long ago did this movie come out? Twenty twenty one minus twenty eighteen years. It's been yeah. eighteen years since mm-hmm. this movie came out. Um, and he's just been playing Jack Sparrow to diminishing returns for eighteen years. You know. In other movies, you mean? In other movies. He's just been doing this character, and he's getting worse and worse at it. I don't think I could name a single Johnny Depp movie other than Pirates or Harry Potter. Uh, Rango, I enjoyed. There's, of course, that Lone Ranger movie. Oh, right! I was just talking about this the other day, because I was mourning the loss of the potential of John Carter. They could have followed up Pirates with John Carter. They could have. They just um, had to make it like a little bit, just a little bit better. It's it's pretty cool. Um. <clears throat> so there's that. There's Johnny Depp is the fucking. I I oh the bird. He has a bird on his head in that movie. He does. Lone Ranger deserved to die. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. Um. But yeah, because he's been doing this for so long. And because he's lost his touch, and because he's a shitbag, I think it is easy to forget in 2021 that through, from like 1993 to 2003, and I don't know, like, I don't have hard numbers on that by any means, I would have to go look at it, like, Johnny Depp was a great actor. I think he's like a, like, this is... Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley are supposed to be the star of this movie. It's a very drizzed situation. It's a very drizzed situation to the point where I wonder, like, when was the decision made? Because because Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom in two thousand three are so much more famous than uh, than Johnny Depp is. Really, like Orlando Bloom was. Fucking Legolas! Yeah, and in the first movie, he has nine lines, and every single one of them is an observation about the world around him. Yes. But, like, <laughs> I just love that fact. I haven't, like, double-checked that in a few years. But I just love thinking about the fact that this iconic character, for the first movie, is just barely there. He's just very pretty. He is very pretty. Um, He's fucking Orlando Bloom, and, like, Keira Knightley was, like, mega famous, and, like... It's so weird. I she think was in Star Wars. She wasn't Star Wars. <laughs> I think they're great in this movie. They are, and they were so much more famous. And I wonder at what point in production it was decided that this is a Johnny Depp movie, because it's someone did decide it. It's not. Sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, "Oh, this character ended up being like sort of the breakout star," but that's not like what the filmmakers intended. He's you know, he is the central character on the poster. And his, his, I don't know if, like, names on the top of the poster mean anything. Because Orlando Bloom's name is front and center. Yeah, but I don't like, know. I, I don't know. It's um, weird that they have these four characters and their four names on top of the poster, but they're not lined up at all. Mm-hmm. Like, not even one of them is lined up. Yeah. It's like, 
what is what does this poster look like where the center two characters are uh Jeffrey Rush, Jeffrey and, Rush Orlando and Orlando Bloom, Bloom with with Kara Knightley on one side and Johnny Depp on the other? Yeah. I just yeah, I don't know um I don't know when when was it decided that like Johnny Depp was the star of this movie? Um but it's it's the right choice. I think he's like electrifying in this movie. I think he's good. I think like he's also like not. Oh, he's he not, doesn't know it yet. He's not overbearing. Is the big thing. It, though, so he's not, not. Neither I've got a jar of dirt. Neither the movie nor the actor know yet. Yeah. That Jack Sparrow will become or or is currently this sort of like pop culture idol. Hmm. Like, they don't know yet, so he's not used egregiously in the way that I feel he might in the next few movies. I don't remember. I... But I do remember there being, like, an eight-minute scene of Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp and some other Johnny Depps (laughs) licking crabs and wandering (laughs) in the desert. (laughs) I have a great deal of affection for Dead Man's Chest. I do not know if that movie will hold up, but I have a great deal of affection for it. Oh, yeah. That is also the movie that gave us I've Got a Jar of Dirt. But it also and gave us the three-way sword fight at the end. It gave us three-way sword fight. It also gave us Johnny Depp in cannibal makeup, quote-unquote. Yeah. That's foreshadowed in this movie. Is because it? Because at the beginning, before Elizabeth falls off the cliff, he's talking to those guards, and like it cuts back to him, and he's like, and then they made me their chief. <laughs> So um, it, it is it is like a little bit of Star Warsy because a lot of little snippets get spun out yeah. into later movies. Like he makes an offhand comment about Singapore. Yes. And I swear that's the only reason that, that Singapore, Singapore like becomes a pirate haven in the third movie. The, uh, oh, circling back to you ta- you were talking earlier. I'm drinking a little bit, not much, but I'm drinking a little bit. So we're just going to kind of go Me all Me too, over the place. but I'm built different. You are. Um, um, you were talking about you never got into pirate fiction because of this, and I definitely didn't either. I have played one Monkey Island game. That's it. Um, I do have, because of this movie, something that I can trace pretty clearly, and I think it is a love not of pirate stuff, but of adventure movies. Yeah, and I in a way that I don't think they make anymore. Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of my favorite movies. Top ten, easy. It was a, it was for years my favorite movie. It's hard to watch because you can't look at it. Marion, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, the the Hellboy movies that are absolutely the sort of thing that we're talking about of like two thousands blockbuster Van Helsing again Van, Van Helsing is I think absolutely an adventure movie in the style I'm talking about I think the first Star Wars is kind of one of these I all all anyone really wants mm-hmm. is for music to kick in and a map to be shown on screen yes. and a little red line moves across the map we lost this in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Because that gets replaced with helicopter shots of people walking on mountaintops. I love New Zealand. New Zealand doesn't love you anymore. <laughs> but that's I, the same thing, and it just 
straight up, it's the same thing, and it just replaces it with a more, uh, with a different visual. Yeah. I, um... Unless there are overlays of maps in those montages that I've forgotten. You know, you know what is, is another thing, is this is the reason I loved the very first Captain America movie, and part of my disappointment in the MCU stems from I love that first Captain America movie like you wouldn't believe. Couldn't I, couldn't tell you anything about it. I, I okay. At one time, I loved that uh, Captain first Captain America movie like you wouldn't believe. I don't know that it holds up. I do know that Hugo Weaving says, uh, while the Fuhrer searches for trinkets in the desert, I've found the true power. <laughs> that shit, like. <laughs> That was so good. Wow. <laughs> they just, they own it now, so they can do that. Yeah. But even back um, then, they were just doing that. I remember watching Winter Soldier and being like, Bucky? Who? Yeah, he's not in that first movie. I, he is. He yeah, is. but he's not. But he's not. I was like, oh, the bridge, right, there was a guy who died in that movie. I couldn't. I only remembered it. One, because I watched that movie a couple times because I really did love it. And and two, because um, I knew, okay, what are the... You do first, you do the Captain America World War II origin story. Then you go to what is the most famous Captain America comic and you just do an adaptation of it. You do Winter Soldier. Like, there was a time, like... Because you're not going to do fucking Mad Bomb. You're not going to do... Okay fucking cap wolf what there there's okay so there's a comic um there's a pretty famous captain america comic from the 70s where uh, these guys invent bombs that make people go crazy basically and start fighting in the streets you're not going to do a movie of that you're not going to do a mad bomb movie i mean that's that's kind of the plot of every superhero movie of the last 20 years yes (laughs) um you're not going to do like all the Mark Gruenwald, like, 80s Captain America stories are, like, too violent to do and, like, kind of too bloody and all this stuff. And, like, maybe the most famous uh, Captain Gruenwald or Mark Gruenwald Captain America story is um, Cap Wolf, where Captain America becomes a werewolf. You're not going to do that movie because you're fucking cowards. <laughs> Imagine if the entire MCU was just the same, but also Captain America was a werewolf the whole time. It would be great. You couldn't do there. You know what? Even if they wanted to do it, they couldn't do it because you need um, one of the crucial characters in that movie is, uh, or one of the crucial characters in that comic was um, uh, J. Jonah Jameson's astronaut son. Because he goes to the moon and gets werewolf disease. I just I just saw the name Seb- Sebastian Stan. What's his name? Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Shan. You had it the first time. Is it Stan? It's Stan. What are you? I'm just double checking. I'm still upset that nobody ever made the call for Mandalorian to say, "Hey, Sebastian." You look like Mark Hamill. <laughs> Can you be Mark Hamill on camera? <laughs> Do you know about this? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I am yeah. aware. Okay. We've talked about this on an export before. Okay. I want to keep talking about I, Pirates of the Caribbean. I just saw that and I was like, damn. Remember? They have a guy. But yeah, I just have a deep love of like adventure movies and like 
no one makes them anymore because these movies were like famously really expensive you know you go in and like when jack shows up at the beginning and like ruins appear like you can't park a boat there anymore because there's a boat under the water Mm -hmm. he walks off onto the dock and there's just guys unloading goats onto a boat yeah there's just like 30 extras doing shit at the port and that's not even the tortuga scene which is one soundstage. Mm-hmm. They don't go through the streets or anything. There's just that one little section. Mm-hmm. But it is another, or maybe the same, 30 people cavorting. Yeah. And it's just like... I love in a movie where there's just like guys. There's just like a bunch of people yeah. just doing stuff. We should... Okay, something I thought about during the movie. Is this the question that you asked me that I was like, I don't know what that means. No, I'll I'll okay. I'll circle back to that in a second because I just have a question for listeners. Um, if we have listeners who like the MCU, or if we have listeners who keep up with the MCU, regardless of whether they <laughs> like it, if there is a MCU movie in the last five years, let's say, because I think before twenty sixteen I had seen them all. If there is one from the last five years that you really like, or any sort of blockbuster movie, don't say The Fast and Furious, because I've only seen the first two, and someday I will go through those in order. But like, if you have a current blockbuster... If you have a big blockbuster action movie of the last five years that you really like, and you think is representative of the things that I complain about all the time, please hit me up. Because I feel like, I feel like I bitch on so many podcasts now about what movies are like. But I multiple movie podcasts. Because I, but I haven't like. (sighs) Black Panther really broke me, because I really love that movie. I really deeply love that movie, and then it ends on. So we built a, a tech school in Oakland. You know. Um, it built, it ends on, and then we gentrified it. And also, so much of that movie is about their cool CIA friend. I think a lot of the movies that you want, that are adventure stories, mm-hmm. exist on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Exist on, like, online services that don't make it to theaters. Yeah. Because I was just thinking about, like, that fucking Nicolas Cage fantasy movie not the season one, of the witch not the i think so mm-hmm. but like not the one with uh, hayden christensen i haven't seen that one yet mm-hmm. but yeah the season of witch like that did come out in theaters yeah but just... like there's a lot of like unknown cheaper movies in that vein on streaming sites that no one's talking about yeah i just if you have if people really like that second spider-man movie let's say like just now, now, I'm unclear on what your definition of adventure movie is. No, 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 no. I'm not asking for an adventure movie. I'm not asking for that. Okay. I'm very specifically not asking for that. What I'm asking for is if listeners have a big blockbuster action movie of the last five years that they think that they have an affection for, and is the type of movie I complain about. Let us know. I would love to watch a like. 
a recent MCU movie just to, like, calibrate my, like, taste barometer on these things. Because I feel like I complain a lot about a lot of stuff without having seen any of these movies since um, the double whammy of not liking Black Panther or Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, does X-Men count? X-Men absolutely counts. Sure. Apocalypse was like... I know that's oh, like... I hate that movie. <laughs> oh, I hate that movie. It's... Oh. You know what? We should watch Dark Phoenix. We should watch Dark Phoenix. Or the New Mutants movie. Terminator. These new Terminators are great for Pe- this. People like those new Terminators. The new Terminators might be good because I think those are ones that probably fit the bill of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, of movie I would complain about, but I think there's a chance I might actually enjoy those a little bit. Anyway, that was a total sidebar. Going back to this movie, Curse of the Black Pearl, I was really blown blown away by like the the dialogue in this movie. I I felt like I felt like um, it's a very quippy movie in the way that blockbusters have become. It's a very, like, one-liners and jokes and these sorts of things. Everyone's clever. Everyone's very clever. And if they're not clever, they're still funny. But it's not, it's not the same. It's not, because I think there's a couple things. Because, one, the dialogue harkens back to, for me... Like, do you want an Oreo? No. I was just looking for a hair tie because I'm just overheating. Yeah, I got you. Um, the dialogue harkens back to, I think, the, like, dominant mode in American cinema for a couple decades was, like, naturalism. Um, it was, like, how do you sound, like, you know, realistic. Um, and I think in the, the sort of, when there was a, still a big studio system where you would just, um, where the studio system was more structured to where studios like Disney would hire writers and the writers would just be on their staff and would be expected to turn in like, you know. 20 pages of script a week or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you, the Naturalism was not the style at the time. You kind of wanted to sound like sort of writerly and clever and, and um, all these sorts of things. Like, um, I think, like, there's just a lot of good lines in this movie that, like, they let actors deliver and, like, I think there's a big difference between this, where you get, like, Jeffrey Rush, like, fucking eating up the scenery. He's always taking the opportunity to say, ah, as he runs past the camera holding a sword. He's having a great time in this movie. And he's fucking phenomenal. He's he's fucking amazing in this movie. Um, he's so good in this movie that they started to make that second movie and someone was like, we need to get him back. What have we done? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, um, um, like, I think there's a big difference between, like, 
you get Robert Downey Jr. on set, and you let him just, like, sort of ad-lib, like, four different quips, and you choose the best one in the edit, you know? Versus Jeffrey Rush, like, just with, with all his heart and soul saying, so we're two immortals... Just going to duel until the judgment day. So what are day. we, Jack? Two immortals locked in an epic duel till till, till judgment day and the trumpet sound. Yeah, it's very he's, like he's writerly. always talking like this. So he's he's really acting. Someone was very proud of that line. Someone was like, "I'm going to put it in a little biblical, Ooh. like a little." Pro- That'll be really oh. funny when we come back to that in a minute when we talk yeah. about yeah. <laughs> some stuff. Yeah. Um. Like, some some writer was, was patting themselves on the back for, like, every little line in this movie, every little thing. Um, I don't get the impression that the actors are improvising. I think the actors have just rehearsed well and just do well in Do you think Johnny Depp has an earpiece feeding him lines in this movie? No, I think he probably just, like, knew what the fuck he was doing. Hmm. Imagine Johnny Depp just, like... I get the impression that he probably just memorized his lines and delivered them and maybe added in a little jokes himself, you know? I bet I bet that script just has words on it. Yeah. I bet there are no stage directions for Johnny Depp in this movie. None. Why I, would you? My my gut tells me that this is like uh the guy from the codebreaker um in Last Jedi. Mm. Benicio del Toro. Yeah. His his whole speech thing is completely like brought by the actor. Hmm. All that all there was was like the the dialogue, hmm. and his like stutter, his like specific way of speaking, yeah. was all him. Yeah, Benicio del Toro is is fucking great. One of the great character actors I think of the twenty first century. Uh, he's astonishing. Um, not in this movie. No, not. I just think he's great. Would be great in this movie. Probably. Uh, you know what? You could put <laughs> Benicio del Toro. Okay, something else we were talking about because they're doing a pirates reboot. Kinda, kinda. Soft reboot. Because they got they got Orlando <laughs> Bloom and Kira Knightley back, right? Uh, they got them back for, for for. They got them back for um, the most the 2017 movie. Let me double check that. Dead Men Tell No Tales, the one nobody gives a shit about. Because at Starring. least the fourth one is like, oh wow, they made another one of these. Jeffrey Rush is here, but is. No, I don't see them here at all. Okay, well, they they came back for a cameo in the in the fourth one, maybe because maybe no, they didn't come back. Oh, they got Keith Richards back as uh, Jack Sparrow's dad, though. Yeah. Great. Um, I I I thought they got them back. Well, but... see, this is what go check. The page for the remake, the reboot. Hey, I want to find. Let me out. go to the franchise. Yeah, go to the franchise. Uh, go to the top. Well, I'm trying to find. This is probably it. Yeah. So, starring, it says here. It says Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley. Oh, it says C below. What is that? Oh boy. Okay. You uh, okay? Uh, it says they were there in in that fifth movie, but they're not on the Wikipedia page. They probably just had a cameo. Yeah. I want to know 
sixth film to be announced. Shortly before the release of On Stranger Tides, it was reported that Disney was planning to shoot the fifth and sixth films back-to-back, um, although only ultimately the fifth movie was developed. Um, In May 2020, there were reports that the studio was considering Karen Gillan to play the lead in a reboot. Well, Bruckheimer commented that the first draft of the screenplay for the sixth film would soon be finished, but that was May 2020. In June 2020, it was announced that Disney was developing a female-led spinoff with Christina Hodson to uh, pin the screenplay and Margot Robbie attached to star. The film would be separate from the sixth film currently being developed. Okay, so this was the thing that we were talking... Like, we... I joked. We were in the car a couple nights ago, and I was like, Oh, if you wanted to do it, I would get Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley back. Um, and I would get Ke- Margot Robbie to to star as, like, the new Jack Sparrow. Um, and it turns out they had done that. It turns out that I was joking about it, but they had done it. And I just missed it or forgot about it and whatever. Um, you know the I coward route? I think it's kind of the coward route to, like... Give that role to a white lady. <laughs> I was going to say the other coward route. Mm-hmm. They could young jacket. That is the other coward and route. And they do have a scene in one of these two movies. I think it's from Dead Men Tell No Tales. Where you see young Jack Sparrow get the compass. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's they could have young Indy. They could have done young Indy. You know? Did you see that thing going around the other day about the young indie box set? Yeah, putting the so Indiana funny. Jones movies as like a bonus <laughs> extra at the end of the box set of <laughs> young Indiana Jones, the true the true story. <clears throat> <clears throat> um, yeah, that's the coward route, um, for sure. My- I th- I think. I think doing a reboot and putting a white lady in is also a coward route. I think you could do. So many more interesting things than having Harley Quinn be Jack Sparrow. Do I know Margot Robbie? She is Harley Quinn. Do I know her from anything I've seen? Okay, I don't know. The Big Short or um, the Wolf Legend of Wall of Street. Charzan. The Wolf of Wall Street was her big breakout role. I don't think I've seen a single goddamn movie she's been in. She hasn't been in like a ton. Still. Anyway, we're all over the fucking place. It's fine. I know. Um, the this this Wikipedia page has not been um, updated since 2020 in that section. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's just no news. What is up with the cars outside? I feel like you don't make another movie, I, especially like post COVID. You make a fucking Disney Plus show. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of surprised they announced it as anything other than a Disney Plus show. They didn't have Disney Plus, right? The only thing I... Yes, there was Disney Plus in 2020. But because... not when these projects were, were like, started. I don't know. I don't know. Because this six only has thought its roots is that, in 2017. My only thought is that you don't want to do a TV show that has to pay Margot Robbie an episode rate. No, you don't use Margot Robbie. You get... I don't know. Who's 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 a Marvel guy? Any Marvel person who you have on on your Rolodex who will be in Disney Plus? I, I, like I, I, you fucked yourself out of having 
uh, like John Boyega or Oscar Isaac, you're not going to get them in for Pirates. God, can you imagine? Can you imagine Fuck, the Pirates dude. of the Caribbean reboot with the two of them? Fuck! <laughs> yeah, that's gone. You can't do that. I, you know what? Okay. You know so, you- so I was I was talking about how like I think casting Mario Robbie as Jack Sparrow is like a coward move for cowards. Jackie Sparrow. And I was just like throwing out ideas. It's like Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, Lake- Lakeith Stanfield would be great for this. Now, imagine with me for a moment, Oscar Isaac as. Elizabeth Swan, um, <laughs> John Boyega as um, Will Turner, Will Turner, and Lakeith Stanfield as Jack Sparrow. That's a fucking movie. Who's Norrington? Dudes rock. Dudes who's, rock. Who's Norrington? Uh, who's Norrington? Um, who's gonna be like prim and proper in one movie, and then an absolute piece of shit in the next one? Okay, guy who played Hux is an easy pull. Donald Gleason? Donald Donald Gleason? Donald. He's Irish. I thought it was Donald. It's Whatever. spelled that way. Anyway. I'm pretty sure it's Donald. Nia, right in. <laughs> um Neve. That sounded so mean. I did not mean that like that. Anyway. The Rome's not even gone. <laughs> um the fuck uh, yeah, okay. I feel like that's an easy one. Who who else? Who else? Who else? Who are actors? I'm trying to think of an actor who's not in the MCU because I find all of their faces annoying. I mean, tra- losing Johnny Depp and gaining Robert Downey Jr. is some sort of like cursed bargain, <laughs> right? <laughs> <clears throat> but like, I don't know. I feel you like can... you, it has to be a guy because you can't. At some point, even even in the 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 pirate movie with the magic and the three hundred foot tall lady who turns into three hundred crabs, uh, you you still can't have like a a woman as a navy officer in the yeah. Caribbean. Well, so, <clears throat> um, yeah, who do you get? It's like a good stuffy guy. Who's like a good like, but stuffy, but in the way that you can break him, and he still has another layer. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I mean, Donald Gleason is like a good pull here. That is true. It is just too easy because he's also in Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I, my brain keeps jumping to Brian Cranston. Okay. okay. <laughs> but maybe that's the Barbosa. <laughs> but I think you just want somebody their age. Yeah, that's my, that's the problem. Brian Cranston is your Barbosa. <laughs> I mean, I would just get Jeffrey Rush back. He seems to Honestly, love this. Honestly, yeah, you could. Imagine doing this, and then like Jeffrey Rush is playing uh, D- Davy Jones, but not CG. Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> you just want Sora in it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's a movie I've seen lately? Uh, mm, Chris Evans. Chris Evans is a good get. Chris Evans I, is a good one. You would need him to 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 shed some pounds. You would yeah. need him to not look like Chris Evans a little bit. Okay, here's another problem with movies. Um, someone tell actors they don't need to be bulky. Um, Orlando Bloom is just like 
I mean, he's not a normal looking guy. He's like one of the most beautiful men who's ever lived. But like, even with his that hat, his physique, even yeah. with that hat at the end of the movie, that is <laughs> he does look absurd. like a mostly normal, like fit, athletic human. Man. Yeah, he looks like he goes to the gym. Well, he know? practices with swords three hours a day. <laughs> I I forgot that the big um, blacksmith duel. Between uh, Will Turner and Jack Sparrow includes a masturbation joke <laughs> about I practice with swords three hours a day. Uh, I forgot that. Um, that Turner kid needs to get laid. <laughs> uh, I really like this movie. I'm, I'm running out of out of ideas for our recasting of like the Pirates reboot. Yeah, I got nothing. We should we yeah. should abandon it. Um, Do you want to talk about magic? Oh, I wanted to. There was a, okay. There was another thing that we were talking about in the Discord a little bit recently. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just what is an epic? This came up because of repertory screenings talking about Lawrence of Arabia and like sort of trying to define an epic. And there was a moment where I was thinking about this movie and thinking, is this an epic? I don't think it is. And I think, I think there is a thought in, like, modern cinema that, like, scope is when you have kind of overstuffed set pieces. And I think this movie has some good overstuffed set pieces, but they all definitely drag on too long. I think this trilogy is an epic. I think if you, yeah, I think... I think that, like, the story of... Like, the legendary pirate captain Mm -hmm. and his crew going up against Davy Jones in the Crew of the Damned. He goes up against a Crew of the Damned twice. Yeah. In three movies. It's just... And, like, it's the Kraken. Yeah. It's the the Flying Dutchman. Like... Yeah. That is an epic. Yeah, I think... The the broad story, he, like, they free a goddess. Like... Yeah, so this... the, The sort of, like... Where do you go from here becomes, well, like, Jack Sparrow, who is seemingly just a normal guy who gets in over his head, is going to, like, just keep, get like, wandering into, like, you know, clashing with, like, mythic figures. Well, the, the fifth, the, the, the fourth movie is about the Fountain of Youth, mm-hmm. because that's mentioned at the end of... At World's End. Mm-hmm. The fifth movie is about a magic trident, the Trident of Poseidon, mm-hmm. that allows you to control the entire ocean. <laughs> so it is just like becoming Indiana Jones. Yeah. <clears throat> when, like, the draw of those movies was not the artifacts. Mm-hmm. We'll get into this more if we watch those movies. But. This is not like the movie about the gold. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you caught me looking at Twitter. Yeah, I know. I was listening, but I didn't have anything <clears throat> to say because I was looking at tweets. I found it really funny to think about this world. Yes. Okay. This is a good trait of thought. This is very funny because. So. The guy with the eyeball 
He's always losing his his wooden eyeball. And in two movies, we're going to learn that that eyeball is one of the pieces of eight, which are eight keys to seal the goddess Calypso, who is like a sea goddess, mm-hmm. to a mortal form. Uh-huh. This movie has a chest of gold pieces that were used against Cortez to curse him. By the quote-unquote pagan gods. Heathen gods. Heathen gods. Thank you. Thank you. This is a key point. Everybody in this world has magic, Uh and it's all real, Uh except for the Church of England. (laughs) The Pope doesn't have shit. And yet, and this is not what the movie is thinking about, but this is what my brain went to. Just... <laughs> through actual imperialism, uh-huh. Christianity is still like the biggest fish in the sea. Uh-huh. Everyone is Christian. Everyone talks about the Bible stuff. Despite the fact <laughs> that, every other- that there's a kraken and there's a man with a tentacle beard who controls the kraken and is immortal because he put his heart in a box. Uh-huh. Like all these miracles and magic <laughs> all this is real but the christians have all the guns this is why i had canoned that this this series has to be in the same universe as indiana jones because then the christians do get magic <laughs> and that was like a really interesting train of thought too to think about indiana jones and pirates of the caribbean being in the same world because there's nothing really stopping that yeah they operate on the same sort of logic, you know, that, like, these sort of, like, mystical objects are real and do cool shit. And there's nothing that says, there's nothing that says the the, the Lost Ark cannot, the, the Ark of the Covenant cannot exist in Pirates of the Caribbean. The difference is that, like, until those last two movies, mm-hmm. like, this isn't about the gold. This isn't about, no. it's called the Dead Man's Chest because it's plot relevant. But it's not like the quest to find the power of this relic. Mm-hmm. It's or to save people from other bad people getting the relic. Yeah. It is a different structure and a different story than Indiana Jones. Yeah. Because, yeah, because Indiana, Indy, um, wants the Ark of the Covenant because he doesn't want the Nazis to have it. And so yeah. there is a race against, you know, antagonistic forces. Whereas, Sort of the engine of this movie is, is the characters in a lot of ways is like Jack wants this, Elizabeth wants this, no, Will wants this other thing. It's Will wants this, Elizabeth wants this, Jack wants something. He he wants, he wants his, his fucking boat back. He wants his boat. He wants his, boat. he wants his car. He wants his fucking car back. He wants the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it's it's the Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) He just wants the Millennium Falcon back. He doesn't care about any of this. Jack and... And he wants revenge. Jack and Barbosa talking to each other when when they're in their alliance mode at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. feels very like Han and Lando. Mm -hmm. And like, who gets this... Who gets to like decide where we go when we're both in the Falcon? Mm Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, it's like, these movies are about the things that these powers 
coerce people into doing. Yes. Not about the powers themselves. Well, I just mean, like, how does the plot move? The plot moves because characters' desires clash, and the artifacts are sort of like... The power that they want from the artifacts, or or in this case, they specifically don't want the artifact. They it's want like, it's freedom a fun, from it. It's a fun little twist, is... I just want to be fucking rid of this shit, you know? And the protagonists want to be free of the villains. Yes. Because they're the ones who have the yes. coin. Um, and so, like, I think that's a good twist on, like, you know, that. And I, and I think, like, it's a movie that this is, has the capacity to deal in... To, to talk about characters' desires in metaphor. And it's not, like, deep. It's not like, oh, wow, that was so moving and effective. But it's, like, one of the first scenes in the movie, Elizabeth can't breathe in her corset. She faints. She falls. Jack has to go save her. He saves her by, like, taking off this sort of stuffy British society and, and, and you know, the it, sorts of, like... It's French, actually. No, it is from London. He says London. Yeah. Um, the the sort of stuffy, puritanical society, and, like, whisking her into a life of adventure and piracy. That's, like, it's, like, a very basic metaphor, It, it but it, it is there, and it works, and it, it expresses and can... character stories in a way that is not just exposition. And you could get a 12-minute video essay on that. Oh, my God, you could. Oh, my God. Um, and, and, and so, I think, like, I'm not saying that, like, wow, that scene was so moving and effective. What I'm saying is that that scene works better for me than, say, one of the most disappointing things that's ever happened in a movie is Spider-Man Homecoming, um, like ripping the life out of like my favorite scene in a spider-man comic spider-man homecoming features a scene from spider-man number 33 the final chapter where spider-man he dies in this issue that's what they say on the cover is he's gonna die (laughs) i think i think they say that on the cover i don't remember anyway um spider-man is trapped under a big heavy thing and he doesn't think he can lift it and he thinks about his um his Aunt May and how he needs to save her and how he can't let Uncle Ben down after, you know, he let Uncle Ben die. And he thinks about all, like, I'll never get to see Gwen Stacy again and all these sorts of things. And he lifts the heavy thing. And it's great. They do that moment in Homecoming and what he thinks about is I can't let Mr. Stark down. (laughs) And it sucks shit. It's one of the worst things that's ever happened in a movie. And also, I cried when it happened. Because I was like, oh, did he lift the heavy thing? I, cr- I cried when it happened. Still fucking terrible, I think. Um, this is just... the. This is an aside. But you mentioning this just reminded me of the time when... The other time they killed Peter Parker by, like, putting Doc Ock in his brain... And then mm-hmm. having him be erased by things falling on top of him. Mm-hmm. That was just what I was thinking about when you described this. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> and it works in the comic because, like, the the big heavy thing he has to lift is a metaphor for how difficult his life is in oh. general. Um, but he shoulders that weight because he has people in his life who depend on him. Um, in the movie, it's because he really likes Iron Man and wouldn't want to make Robert Downey Jr. sad. He wants a dad. He wants a... Yeah, and it's just... Like, there's no metaphor. He just says what his motivations are into the camera, and then he does it. And, like, there's no visual storytelling to it. He just explains it to you. Um, There's no, like, implication. There's no... And I'm not saying that Curse of the Black Pearl is a film that is filled with subtlety and nuance. Again, people get hit on the head. <laughs> and it makes a dong yeah, sound at least once with the dong. It's just... But, like, that scene works better than, like, anything in Spider-Man Homecoming, you know? Um, that's what I got. What about the scene where he almost shoots Elizabeth Swan and then he doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> or like, um, I don't know, just like everything with Will Turner, like, um, not knowing what he wants is just like interesting and good. And it's not mm-hmm. like complex. It's not original. It's like literally every, he's fucking Luke Skywalker, you know? Um, but he, he just makes it work partially cause he's a good actor, you know? Yeah. Um, sword like fights. I'm talking too much. I like sword fights. I don't like the sword fights in this movie. I don't care for them. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> You're not a fan of this editing. Yeah. Style. Yeah. I, I, I think every frame of painting is like a sort of BS series, but like. If people remember the Every Frame and Painting video about Jackie Chan movies, um, I think that's mostly a pretty good episode because it is um, restating things that Jackie Chan himself has said. Um, and so people should go watch that and, like, yeah, everything that he talks about in, like, the difference between, like, Jackie Chan movies in Hong Kong versus Jackie Chan movies made in America, like, just applies to this movie. Like, I think there's just a certain way that Americans edit films that uh sucks that's all doesn't matter in concept i love a sword fight what if it was three people that would be cool what if it was a mini game and the thing was not the sword fight itself but how clever you could be with the dialogue like do you have the right quips to pass the test of being clever. Like Final Fantasy IX. No, like The Secret of Monkey Island. I know The Secret of Monkey Island. What is The Secret? It's not very fun. To play. It's a very fun game. I, I really did not enjoy it. I have a great deal it of effect. It insists upon itself. No, it doesn't! <laughs> you can't say that about everything that you don't like. I insist. <laughs> you do. <laughs> do we have anything else to say about this movie? We do have emails, but... I'm, I think I'm good. We, it's been a rambly episode, but I think I got everything I wanted to say. I feel like I've been talking too much. No, that's fine. When uh, we get into the bullshit lore, we'll probably ha- I'll probably have more. Yeah, next, next movie we do.
All right. We will still read Scott Pilgrim at some point, I promise. We will. Regression asks, uh, hope you enjoy this classic. It was a staple folktale of my British childhood. British childhood? When I was in the slums and I was getting me, uh, me gruel. My question is, could you describe the differences between Johnny Depp, Kira Knightley, and Jeffrey Rush, preferably with performed examples? What do you mean? I think they just want you to do impressions of these three characters. Me? I mean, I'm not the one that does impressions of us two, so... I don't do impressions of us either. (laughs) Yes, you do, because you're all... Because every time I'm like... No, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you do. You make fun of me. <clears throat> yeah, we like it. Meow, meow. Uh, arr. That is what Jeffrey Rush says in this film. He also says, Agreed. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. I, I feel like Kira Knightley doesn't get... I think she's like a good character in this it film. It is a vile drink that turns even the most distinguished gentleman into... Blah, 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 blah. Okay, you know what? She does get some... I was like, I get some more lines in the next ones. I was like, I don't think Kira Knightley gets enough to do in this movie. I think she does. I think I'm just comparing it against At World's End, which is a movie that like takes a hard turn into the girl boss gaslight gatekeep. Oh, she's big girl boss in this movie. She's big girl boss in this movie, but she's gonna be she's gonna be big boss girl in uh... big boss girl baby. Plato <laughs> Cave. They're going to make Kira Knightley into big boss in the yes. Pirate Big Boss. Crystal says, um, when Jack finally gets his shot off on Barbosa, he looks so satisfied. What are some great stories about how revenge is actually a really fulfilling endeavor? Um, Kill Bill is a little bit this. Um, I only wish that Uma Thurman could get revenge on Quentin Tarantino in real life. Um, but, but, like, Kill Bill has this ambiguous ending a little bit, but, like... Never seen it. Like, Kill Bill is about how revenge is a very, like, painful thing. But also, Bill deserves to die. And she has every right to kill him. And she does it, and it's good. And I think the only reason it has an ambiguous ending is that, like... I think there is some truth to that in the character, and I also think that Quentin Tarantino is, like, incapable of, like, conceiving that, like, Uma Thurman should get revenge against her abusers, because that would mean bad things about Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Um, But I think Kill Bill is a little bit this. Um, I mean, is this what... X-Men Origins Wolverine was? I don't... It's been a very long time since I've seen X-Men Origins Wolverine. There are a couple of comics where Wolverine just kills dudes who deserve it. Because he's fucking Wolverine. Because in X-Men Origins Wolverine, he's chasing Saber Wolf... Tooth? Mm Mm-hmm. Saber Tooth. Saber Wolf is Killer Instinct. Yeah. Because he killed his wife for no reason. Yeah. That's just the first thing I thought of. I can't really think of any. Um, there is a 
So the, the film Wolverine is loosely adapting the Chris Claremont Frank Miller comic Wolverine. The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Please. Thank you. Sorry. I apologize. Um, and like Wolverine, the four issue comic series from the eighties, is a story about um like how sad and fucked up Wolverine is as he gets revenge, and he's so sad guy all the time. But also, it's sick when he kills all those ninjas. So, (laughs) like, the comic is about two things. The comic is about um, how it makes him so sad to get this revenge. And also, the comic is about how sick it is when he gets his revenge. Oh, no, no. I reminded myself of the ultimate, like, how sick it is to get revenge story. And it's, um, um... Oh, which one is it? There's two Frank Miller Daredevil comics. Well, there are a couple. He did a bunch <laughs> of them. He did a bunch of them. I'm going to make sure that I've got the right one. I think it's Born Again. Um, the one he did with Dave Mazzicelli. Um, uh, Daredevil, Born Again. Um, yeah, okay, okay. It's drawn by David Mazzicelli, who does the art on Batman Year One as well. Um... Daredevil Born Again is is a comic in the first issue where um, Kingpin decides, I've had enough of this motherfucker, and, like, finds out Daredevil's secret identity and goes about, like, dismantling every aspect of Daredevil's life. Like, kills his friends, burns his house down, like, puts his law practice out of business... Like, I think gets his, uh, I think gets Matt Murdock's, like, uh, license to practice law revoked, like... It's disbarred? Disbarred. Gets him disbarred. Like, I don't don't remember. It's been probably, like, seven or eight years since I read it. Like, just fucking tears Matt Murdock down. And at the end of the first issue, Matt, Daredevil is like, that motherfucker. Like, he finally, at the end of the first issue, he's like... If I just had a string of bad luck, like, what's going on? Why is everything in my life falling apart? At the end of the first issue, he realizes it's Kingpin. And the next three issues are like, I'm going to do the same thing to that motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And it's good. It's the good shit. (laughs) I love Born Again. (laughs) Born Again is almost as good as Year One, which is the best comic ever. I can't think of very many things where revenge is super sick. I mean, Daredevil is still a really sad guy at the end of that, but that's because, like, Matt Murdock is fundamentally a deeply sad man who is, like, kind of pathetic. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, like, one of the great, like... I don't know. I I, I really like Daredevil. Daredevil is, like, what if Batman was, like, much more sad and pathetic all the time? Mm -hmm. Um... Born Again is fucking great, though, because I think he is sad and pathetic at the end of that series, but he does get that motherfucker back. <laughs> I feel like the, the only thing I can think of along this is... Um, I was just thinking of it. Oh, well. Oh, well. Next question. You want to take the question from Jackson? I would love to take the question from Jackson. Um, as I pull it up on my phone right now. Autumn, Nora, hello, Jackson. Um, 
I don't like they say pirates. their name like a Pokemon. I don't like pirates, and I think it is entirely because of these movies and the pirates versus ninjas bullshit that followed. Remember pirates versus ninjas? Yeah, I'm aware. I was always on Choose. Team Ninja. Yeah, Ninja, obviously, because I liked Naruto and not One Piece. Yeah, and I, history has vindicated me greatly for that decision, <laughs> like yeah, beyond beyond expectations. <laughs> I also think that ninjas are in more cool things than pirates are in. That's also true. Um, it's harder to like exoticize the things that are like from your own history. I don't like pirates, and I think it's entirely because of these movies and the pirates versus ninjas bullshit that followed. Jack Sparrow impressions just truly awful. However. Because of this cultural wave, I never actually saw the movies themselves till last year when I loved them. The first just being a classic adventure movie. There's no saving Johnny Depp, though, who somehow acts like he is Jack Captain Jack impersonator sent back in time to play Captain Jack in a ter- terrifying recursive paradox. So here's a question for you, my friends. What are the big movies or other cultural trends that you were put off by for valid reasons of their surrounding influence or culture but you actually, when you actually went to the source, discovered they were in fact they in fact owned. Um, love you both. Good podcasting. Ah, uh, I have a little bit of this with Metal Gear. I have mm-hmm. a little bit of this with like coming up in game spaces after MGS Four was out, and this is tinted by me not knowing what happens in MGS Four at all. Like. Um, but like coming up in game spaces after MGS4 is out and Metal Gear has this like reputation as one, the most convoluted, complicated, like story in games that's got all this sort of like stuff that you'll never nano machines, son, all this shit. No, that's later. All this shit. And then also Metal Gear has this reputation as like the best video game ever and the most poignant thing ever. And so I kind of, I, I, I kind of didn't know what to make of Metal Gear, especially because when I first asked friends, okay, which Metal Gear games should I play? Like, do I need to go back to the MSX games? Do I, what do I need to do? Everyone told me I should play Metal Gear Solid 3 first. Bullshit. <laughs> I had so many friends who told me I had to play MGS3 first. I don't even mean from a like release order perspective. Metal Gear Solid 3 ruined Metal Gear. Really? Why do you think that? It completely alters the course of every other story. That's because fair. from that point on, it's all about Big Boss. Yes, that's fair. Peace Walker is about Big Boss. Metal Gear Solid 4... Is the end Big of Boss. Solid Snake's story is actually also about Big Boss. MGS5, Big Boss. Not, uh, it's, well, by not, being about, <laughs> by not being about Big Boss, it is in fact more about Big Boss. Boss, but get like, down. Metal Gear Solid 3, it is a such a clear pivot in the, in the mm-hmm. momentum of that entire franchise. Mm-hmm. And it never and, comes back. And to the point that like the cool shit in MGS2, the like, interplay of mysticism and technology completely stripped out. And also, the other thing that happens uh, is that MGS3 doesn't make any fucking sense if you haven't played the first two. Oh, yeah. You kill that guy and it's like time paradox. You're like, what? 
Yeah, I, I, it doesn't, it is a game that does not make any goddamn sense if you play it first. But everyone told me I should play MGS3, so I, I played it, I was like, I don't get this at all. And then I watched Metal Gear Scanlan my first year of high school, or my first year, <laughs> my first year of college, I watched Metal Gear Scanlan. Yeah. So, um, I watched the first three games, and I, I fell off before I got to the fourth one. I just never watched the, the fourth uh, thing there. But, like, watching those, I was like, oh, I understand now. To where now, MGS3 is one of my favorite games. Um, even though I haven't... I feel like I haven't played MGS3, even though I did play MGS3, because mm-hmm. I didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. But, but MGS3 is maybe maybe this maybe this is like that specifically i really want to come into this and say something like homestuck (laughs) but the truth is is that i read one volume of homestuck and kind of got it just fell off just Mm -hmm. didn't didn't click next anymore and went to do something else homestuck's so hard because it's like i read five acts of homestuck which is a lot of Homestuck and is not even half of Homestuck, I think. Um, and it's so hard because I hate to tell you, yeah, Act 1 just isn't very good or representative of what Homestuck became. Yeah, but, it's but like, I believe it. It's like 10% of the main... But it's thing. like true. That like, yeah. oh, Act 1... You Also, you can't skip it because it matters, is the other thing. Like, you can't... It matters, so you can't skip it, but it's not good or representative, and so, like, you just have to go through it to get to the stuff. And then I know on the other end is, like, me quitting because I didn't like how Act 6 started, and also knowing that all my friends who like Homestuck hate Homestuck, you know? So it's hard to tell you, like, go read Homestuck. Yeah. So I don't know that I have one of these. Um... A lot of stuff that I got into like that, that I had some awareness of beforehand, is like, I had an imperfect understanding, and so I was interested in, like, clarifying it. So when I was at uh, Half Price Books, and I found the graphic novel of Metal Gear Solid, I was like, oh, I've heard of these games. I'll read this comic. And then after I read that comic, I was like, oh, I should play this game. We had one more email that I can't find now. From Crystal? Well, well, I found the one from Crystal. There was one from Tron that I'm looking at the inbox and I can't find. I don't know why. I don't know if I sent it to the archive by mistake. To the GY. Um, Trash. Let me see. Yeah, I just accidentally deleted this, but I've I've got it. I'm going to restore it real quick. Uh, move to primary. Okay. Sorry about that, Tron. Uh, also, sorry, listeners who just had to hear me move an email from the trash <laughs> to the main thing. Um, I was just thinking. Um, I have some ideas that of what this might be in the future. Hmm. It could be Malazan. Could be Malazan. We, your, your yeah. friend Devin yeah. sold us on Malazan. By completely demystifying it compared to, like, the way that other people talk about it. So I have, I have an ex who I 
really don't like that was tried to get me to read Malazan a lot. Um, and mm-hmm. she was like, oh, it's like the cool, serious, uh, like fantasy book that considers like history and military strategy and economics. And it's got, you know, guys in rooms planning troop movements and it's like real and like cool. And I didn't want to read it because it sounded fucking bad. And this was one of those fans who will like, take any opportunity to talk about the problem. Yes. Yes. Um, and then your friend Devin was talking to us about why he's liking Malisand so far, and he just totally, like, defanged all of that and made it actually sound interesting. Because he was saying, like, oh yeah, there's, like, a guy who shows up, and he's got, like, a sword the size of the sword from Berserk, and he's just, like... And it makes the sound of grinding chains when he unsheaths it, and it steals your soul if it kills you. Yeah, I don't And like... he's not the top dog in the world. Yeah, there's, like, other guys <laughs> who are Goku. way cooler. <laughs> Yeah, so... <laughs> like, he was just like... Because, yeah, like, the thing that you know about the Malazan series that you've always told me is that it's, like, kind of based on, like, Stephen Erickson's D&D game. I think there's multiple authors on that series, too. But it, as the, what I, the way it was originally pitched to me was this is an example of actually someone basing a fantasy novel off of their D&D campaign and, and, it, and it working out. And, um... Knowing that, and knowing that, like, yeah, there's a guy who shows up who's got a sick fucking sword that steals souls, I'm like, oh, right. People just play tabletop RPGs and have fun ideas. You know? Like, yeah. okay, sure. Um, You go, unless you have... No. Um, I'm going to actually circle back to Tron's question, because... um. Crystal's Crystal sent a second question. I was going to say this. I was going to read this. That is really funny in the context of Jackson's email. So listeners may recall Jackson saying, um, "I can just yeah, it's fine." Yeah, Crystal writes in. I have previously said that Johnny Depp plays Jack Sparrow like a Jack Sparrow impersonator who traveled back in time to invent Jack Sparrow. (laughs) What character could you impersonate? I almost read that as impregnate. What character could you impersonate well enough to confidently go back in time and invent? Do we think that Jackson and Crystal had some parallel ideation? Do you, do we think that Jackson and Crystal, like, one of them tweeted it and the other, like, thought they came up with it? Do we think that one of them read the tweet and just, like, like, what happened here? I have no idea. <laughs> How did both of these people... It's very possible that they both arrived at this idea independently. Because it is true. <laughs> it's, it, is, it is a fact. Is there, is there a third party who tweeted this, and now they're both trying to pass it off as their own idea? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not accusing... I imagine... I, I don't know. It's just very funny. It's just very funny. <laughs> oh, the other thing. That I kind of avoided at first, but then ended up liking, for better or worse, was Locked Tomb. Hmm. I kind of avoided it at first and then was proven right by not liking it. But, and yet you'll you'll continue to read it. No, I I read three chapters of Hair of the Ninth. Hair of the Ninth. I read uh, three chapters of Hair of the Ninth and I was like, seems like they're continuing to do the things I didn't like. I will drop this book. I'm, okay. I for, thought you. I thought you were gonna finish it. No, for for everyone who likes it, I'm very happy for you. Seems like y'all are having it's, a great time. 
there was just like stuff I did not enjoy in that book, and it seemed like the the next one was going to do more. If you're still waiting on the export about Hera the Ninth, it's actually a duo lane mm-hmm. with me and Olivia talking about it. Called the episode title is "The Male Bitch." Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that episode. I listened to that episode, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, cool! I liked this." And also now I really don't have to read it because like I just listened to my friends talk about it. But anyway, what character could you impersonate well enough to go back in time and invent? Okay, so I only do one impression. You can't invent a man who exists. I, I only know how to do one impression. I can't do... I'm really bad at impressions. For the sake of this, let's say writing from the character's POV counts. Do you understand a character? No, because I'm not well, a writer. Okay, well... Then nothing, then. Do you, your options are David Lynch and Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't... I don't know about... Like, I'm not a writer. I don't... I don't do that. Creator. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not like a... I can't... Could you go back in time and draw Mickey Mouse? No! I can't draw! I don't know how to draw. Pac-Man. No. Okay. I can't draw Pac-Man. Okay. I'm not joking <laughs> with you right now. I can't I can't draw. Okay. Um Um So yeah, I would just have to go back in time and invent David Lynch. God <laughs> <person>. help us. <laughs> Coop, I've become a time paradox. <laughs> Uh, Fishing mailed, Coop. I don't know about this one. I think you could do a good enough Jack Sparrow to go back in time and be Jack Sparrow. No, because I'm not an actor. I could maybe, like... Drizzed. I was thinking maybe I could write Drizzed. I think you could write Drizzed. Even though I've only read two of the books. I think you could write Drizzed. I think you could just steal R.A. Salvatore's Thunder. I'd have to finish a book first. Well, yeah. He's very good at that. Say what you will about the man. He's very good about finishing books that he writes. Because he writes a lot of them. Could I go back in time and write a book about the same length, because it's not very long, but that is a better telling of the story than Alan Dean Foster's A New Hope. Yes. Absolutely. You think I could do a better job of A New Hope as a book? Yeah. Put that on in 1975 and... Yeah. Get nothing from it? Yeah, for sure. Disney should pay him. Disney should pay him. And... And everyone else. Yeah, all those other people. Yeah. All the people writing alien novelizations. Lucino. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, like, I don't know. Uh, I think, I can't think of any other characters necessarily. Again, depending on my ability to actually knuckle down and write the damn thing, I could probably write Eric on. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's an easy one to fill out. Tron writes, 
Uh, hi, Autumn and Nora. Uh, I remember really enjoying Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl for a long time until the stuff about Johnny Depp was out there in the public. I haven't seen the movie since, but I wanted to ask you all about pirate movies in general. Did you watch this movie when you were younger, and did this movie inspire you to seek out other seafaring movies? We've talked about that. Would you all like to see more pirate or sea movies in general? Um, I want to watch that one that Jackson likes. I don't know that one. Master and Commander? Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, I love and adore Jaws. Jaws is one of my favorite movies. I think um, every week I learn more about another one of your favorite movies. Yeah, I have like a list of like a hundred movies that are all my favorite movie. Jaws is like one of the best movies and ever. And six of those are A New Hope. <laughs> Jaws is a way better movie than A New Hope. No! Yes! What? Yes! What? There's no dinner table scene in A New Hope. There literally is a dinner table scene in A New Hope. Yeah, but it's not the dinner table scene from Jaws. <laughs> no, it's the one from A New Hope. No one says we're going to need He's just got a... too much of his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. I guess there is that exact dinner table scene in... Okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> I really like Jaws. Jaws... You're allowed to like Jaws, but it's not fucking Star Wars. Yeah, it is! Fuck you! (laughs) Jaws is way better than A New Hope! Are you out of your fucking mind? No. You are the one who is out of their mind. Richard Dreyfuss isn't in A New Hope. Who? Robert Shaw isn't in A New Hope. I can't hear you over, you know, Mark Hamill. (laughs) Harrison Ford. I almost said Ben Kingsley for some reason, but that's just because old Ben. You know what? No dudes rock in Jaws. Or in Star Wars. There is no dudes rocking in A New Hope. Why do you say this as if it's a point in your favor? Because Jaw is a big time oh, Jaw. The movie Jaw, the prequel. <laughs> Before there were Jaws, there was. I'm gonna fucking end Jaw. Was, was that one? I, um, kiss me. Was that a of uh, James Cameron? You love me, <laughs> James Cameron. <laughs> I hate you. Terminators, Judgment Day. <laughs> I'm leaving. No, you're not. What were we talking about? I don't know. Yeah, Jaws is way better than a new one. Shut the fuck up. Read the email. Oh, I was talking about Jaws because the question was, um, did this lead you to seek out any other seafaring movies? I like Jaws. I like this movie a lot. Um, These are both... Oh, also, the people next door are having a party, so sorry if y'all can hear that. By which you mean the nightclub. Yeah. Um, Um... Notoriously, like... Famously difficult movies to make. Jaws was like a disaster to make. Um, so I don't want more seafaring movies because I don't want, like, you know, my favorite, like, directors and actors, like, and, and, and like, cinematographers. I don't want those people being miserable on boats. I mean, I do in an abstract sense that I, like, want people being miserable on boats in the world. Like, that is just a good, uh, but, like, I don't actually wish that on people. Only fictitious people. I mean... I want to know how much shit ends up at the bottom of the ocean because of stuff like this. Like, is, is... is Are any of these, like, the fury road of the ocean? 
You know, Fury Road is one of these movies. One of an adventure movie, like I'm talking about. Hmm. Maybe, kinda, sorta. Hmm. Next question. Um, if you knew of a treasure that contained vast amounts of precious gold and jewelry, but was rumored to be cursed, would you try and take that treasure? No, probably not. No, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to fuck around and find out. You tell me that shit's cursed, you can have it. Now, what kind of curse is it? You become a skeleton and you can't fuck anymore. I feel like what what they the said... The implication is that they, they can fuck. There's not any... They know. just can't come. No, they can come. It says, it says that nothing could slake their lust. That tells me that they just edge forever. I thought that they came and it didn't feel like i i because they can eat and it turns ash in their mouths do you think that's literal or figurative i think that's figurative like i think like they don't derive any pleasure from like their senses basically yeah. he, he like, talks about not feeling the wind yeah. on their, his face so i think he can come it just doesn't feel like anything he just doesn't even know that he's hard until he yeah. looks down also the 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 cursed pirates in this movie are kind of elantrians they're kind of Elantrians. They're kind of Elantrians, except they're exceptionally good at healing from wounds, which makes them not Elantrians. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm not really trying to get cursed, necessarily. Oh, this was like a sexy curse. The thing about this curse is that I'd take it for 20 years. 20? 37? No no medical bills? I don't know. I, I'd consider it. I don't know. Um, Would you like to be a skeleton? Yes. Uh, I just want to say it is very interesting that this movie... They monetize the rot, right? Like... They use the curse to their benefit at the end of the movie. Because mm-hmm. he like, aha, now I'm also cursed. And it's like the reinterpretation of this curse that was supposed to be placed on this colonizer as retribution for their crimes. And now, like, 300 years later or whatever, people are like, manipulating the terms of it to their own end Mm -hmm. is like a weirdly interesting facet of this story that they don't actually acknowledge yeah they can you can always exploit something yeah even if it is like specifically like targeting you would you like to be a skeleton i already am yes I would love to be a skeleton. Yeah. I would love to be a skeleton. Are you if fucking I were kidding? a VTuber, I would consider being a skeleton. I would nothing would make me happier than being a skeleton. Nothing it's all I've it's literally all I've ever wanted. For years I wanted to be Skeletor when I grew up. That's folks, not a joke. That's folks, just like this a is thing. the first I've heard of any of this shit. <laughs> I think it's the wrong. No, I, I did actually for years think it would be really cool to grow up and be Skeletor. Okay. That's all. I love that guy. He's great. 
I don't want to ever watch He-Man, but I do want to watch, like, just YouTube compilations of Skeletor. What if we watched the He-Man live-action movie? I'd consider it. I don't know. I just like Skeletor. He's in that movie. Yeah. That's all. That's all. Uh, yeah. That's everything. All right. Well, drink up me hearties, yo-ho. If you wanted to send an email about Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest, where would you send it? ExportAudioPodcastGmail.com. What was that? ExportAudioPodcastGmail.com. That's pretty cool. What if somebody wanted to follow you on Twitter? Add a tumble underscore coffee. Podcast you're on? Uh, ExportAudd.io. Consider listening to Ars Arcanum. Yeah. Donate to the Patreon and get a, get a patron podcast. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla's Not Dead will be recording within the next 14 days if, if all goes well. We should do that next weekend. And by weekend, I mean when we're both off on Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think of Wednesday, Thursday as the weekend because those are the days I don't know. You can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. You can find stuff I do at norablake.online. I'm going to bed. Yeah. Bring me that horizon asterisk bed. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you.